We are going to be in chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Put your Bible on your head if, if you're there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be weird. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to pray. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Period. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Father, it's so hard to just read a a passage like that and be like, I can say a little bit more, because I really can't. You are great, and you are awesome, and, and we just worship you in this time. We just ask that you teach us. We ask that we wouldn't be so full of ourselves that we wouldn't be able to be filled tonight, that we wouldn't be so prideful of our own knowledge that we wouldn't be able to learn. We love you, and we submit our lives to you, and we just ask that you would teach us. Teach us something. Convict us. We love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, some of you, whoever was in youth group, some of you, uh, two Wednesdays ago, this is, you're like, he already, he already taught on this. He already taught on this. What are you doing? Relax. You probably just need to hear it again. Just listen. Just listen. A little bit has changed, so don't just tune out. Um, the book of 1 Corinthians, the epistle. Paul wrote this epistle to the church in Corinth. Corinth. Yes. Nice. Awesome. You guys are as smart as my high schoolers now. Okay. <laughs> book of Corinthians, Apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Corinth. Now, this was a jacked up church. Like, you look around, you think these people are jacked up. No. Like, the the church at Corinth was jacked up. They struggled with all sorts of stuff. They struggled with sex. They struggled with drugs. Struggled with alcohol. They were suing each other. They were just suing each other. Like, I like what you have, so I'm going to sue you. I'm going to say you did something wrong, and I'm going to sue you so I can get that. They were not doing well. They, they, They would cut, they would fight and cut each other to the, to the front of the communion, to the communion line to just get to the wine first so they could just get drunk in church. I'm not kidding. Why do you think we have grape juice here? We have grape juice for that reason itself. Because <laughs> I don't want some of you to just be like, I'm struggling. I'm not kidding. That's what these people would do. That's, that's what these people would do. It was that bad. It was that bad. Their biggest struggle that, that Paul addresses, he spends a lot of time talking about this, this is, this is an idea of sectarianism. And, and, and I didn't know what this word meant when I, I was like, okay, like, like sectional, like I could kind of piece it together. Like I'm not sure what it really means. Some advice, just like, just like down-to-earth Bible study advice, if you come across a word that you don't know, just look it up. Like, don't just be like, oh, sectarianism, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know what that means. No, like, this is God's word. Like, research and invest in it. 
So I looked it up, and I was like, okay, this could be applicable. Let's see what it means. Sectarianism, a narrow-minded adherence to a particular sect or party or denomination. A narrow-minded adherence to a particular sect or party or denomination. You see, the Corinthians were saying, they're struggling with this idea. They they were saying, you know what, I'm of Paul. I I really like the way Paul teaches. Or I'm of Apollos. I I like the way he he teaches. Or I'm of Peter, Cephas. I think, like, he he teaches really well. I'm of him. Like, I identify with this teacher. Some people are saying, saying, this person is way better than this person, and I'm not even going to listen to this person because I just kind of fit better under this teaching. And to kind of put that in perspective, for some of you guys, it, it would be similar to saying, you know what, I just kind of like Zach on Sunday nights. You know, I just like, he's kind of goofy, he, he's, or he's like, he's good looking, and I just like to come and like look at him and, and sit here. <laughs> or, 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 or I, I, you know what, I really like Mark Glesney. I just go to college group because, you know, he gets me. We're both like this, we both like shoes, we're just kind of, we're, 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 we get each other. Or, or I, come, I come Sunday mornings because I love Pastor Rob. I just love the way he teaches. I love the way he just is so awesome at, at capturing your attention. I just love that, and, and I, I'm going to kind of shy away from everyone else. Or it, it happens in worship too, right? So I just kind of like the way that Dane leads worship. So I come on Sunday nights. I don't, I don't really like this Sunday mornings. Or I don't like that. I don't like hymns, so I would never go to the first service. I don't like, <laughs> like, you, you're just like, you have these, these, these sections. The, the, you're, you're a sectarian. You, you, you have a, a particular um, narrow-minded adherence to, a, to a, a sect or a party or a denomination. And the Corinthians are really struggling with this. They're really struggling with this. Um, the, the, the Corinthians at, at the Church of Corinth, they, 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 so they receive this letter that they're struggling with this, and, and Paul just, just lays it out for them really simply. And he says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, this isn't to be confused with the, the verse later on in, in Corinthians chapter 6, where, where Paul is addressing individuals and saying, your individual body is the temple of God and he dwells there. It's different here. He, he's speaking corporately. He's saying, do you guys not know that you all are the temple of God? You all are the temple of God and you are holy and, and the spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know that? You see, it's the idea that, that us as Christians, we make up this beautiful, holy temple of God. And God says, I dwell here. We, not this building, but, but we as people, we, we make the, the walls and the roof of God's capital C church. We, we, we are the, not the foundation, we, like I said, we're the walls. We make it up. We are the stones. We are the stones. We make up the body, the temple of God. And, and he, he's speaking to the church saying, you are, you are the temple. And, and you, individual people, you, you, you're being built on top of each other. You're growing and you're moving and, and you have different opinions. Some, some of you are doing different things. You have different roles. Some of you are planting. Some of you are planting seeds. Some of you are coming alongside those planters and you're watering seeds behind that person. Some of you are, are teaching. Some of you are leading worship. Some of you are, are filling up these little plastic things with grape juice. Thanks, Emily. Some of, you guys, some of you guys are just doing different stuff, and you're growing, and you're maturing, right? 
First Peter 2.5 says, You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That's so amazing. Think about that. You guys are living stones, and you're being built up to be a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God. That idea is insane, and, and it's all through Jesus. It's crazy. I love it. Dang it, I'm doing that, Emily. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> I won't even go into it. She gave me speaking advice, and she's like, stop saying how much you like it. Just like, just like make, make it obvious by the way you're talking about it. I'm like, I love this. This is so cool, everything she told me not to do. <laughs> Guys, look at this. I mean, I feel so amazing about this. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, you see, the, like, like, like in First Peter 2, 5, it says living stones, right? Living stones. Living stones move. They're constantly moving around. They're constantly growing, right? They're growing. They're stacked on top of each other, making up this holy temple, but they're also growing. They're moving, and, and it starts to get a little, like, weird, and it starts to get, like, we start to rub each other the wrong way, right? Ephesians two nineteen through 22 says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So we're growing, right? grows into a holy temple of God. It's, it's not just like, okay, here's, here's the temple of God. It's holy, and there it is, and it's just kind of stagnant. No, we're growing as, as a community. We're growing as a church body. And then, like I said, in the process of that growth, starts to get a little rough, right? There's rough edges, and we're rubbing against each other. But in rubbing against each other as fellow believers, those rough edges are made to be filed down. So we're fitting together and we're growing and it's hard and it's awkward and people get their own opinions about certain things that are really not really uh, primary issues, but it's just weird and we get uncomfortable, but we're filing each other down. We're growing, right? We're growing. But I don't think we always look at it that way, right? We don't always look at it like, we're, like it's growth. So many times we see people get rubbed the wrong way and they just leave, right? And they're just like, you know what? This person has their own opinion. I'm going to leave. I'm going to separate myself from the body of Christ, and I'm just going to be my own little not-so-holy temple over here on the corner, right? Now, when you split and you do that, it it only gets worse. It only gets worse. You see, a house divided will not stand, right? A house divided will not stand. Now, you say, wait, I thought thought the foundation was Jesus. Like, how, how does the house not stand? The walls are us. We can fall down and get crumbled and we're to dust and the foundation is still there, right? It's Jesus that is always going to be there, the cornerstone, the foundation. Now, we can crumble, but, but a house divided isn't going to stand. Matthew eighteen twenty says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. We're called to be together. We're called to be together, Okay. Verse 17 says, if anyone defiles the temple of God. So we, we've established what this temple of God is. It's us as a body. It's us as a church, right? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 
It's insane. The, the word in, in the Greek for temple is not, is, it, here in this verse, is not the usual word that they use for temple, which is hierion. It's not that. It, the, the hierion means kind of like this would be, you would call God speak. So this is the sanctuary. Then we have sweet 17 children's ministry, 16 ju- uh, junior high, uh, 10 offices, 9 high school. That is the hierion or the temple, the church, God speak. No, the word that is used here is nehas or the holy of holies. That's what temple is being referred to here. That's what we as a body of Christ are being called. The Nahas, the Holy of Holies. This is the place that in the Old Testament they would, they would send in the high priest and they, they, would put, they would tie bells to him and then a rope to him and they'd send him in and if they heard bells stop jingling then they know he had died and they just pulled him out by that rope, right? That same place because the holiness of God, no one can stand in the midst of that. But through Jesus, right, through Jesus, he has made us, this church, right, this body of Christ, he has made us the holy of holies, where the Spirit of God dwells. And, and we see we look at each other like we're monsters, right? We look at each other as if we're enemies. And God says, this is where I dwell. We're always waiting for the, for the next person to mess up or the, for the next person to drop the ball, Right? To the point where we're just like bashing other denominations and we're, we're, bashing, we're bashing other people that don't have the same opinions as us. We're bashing each other who, di- who have different theological views maybe. It says in verse 17, if anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. Again, note the context. We're not talking about if, if, I, if I defile someone, like if, if I hurt that one person, God is saying, if you defile the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the church, right, I will destroy him. See, this applies really well in the, in the high school group, and, and this is where I would go on a rant and say, do you want to distract the person next to you from learning, right? Do you want to talk, talk to the person behind you and, and distract everyone else, right? Do you want to defile the te- this holy temple of God? Do you really want to get in the way of that? God doesn't tolerate that. But for you guys, I, I know that you guys are, are cool enough to not like be deliberately distracting, but it's, it's deeper than that, right? It's way deeper than that. Do you want to create strife and malice over superficial issues? You think that like, like your, your opinion on, on the rapture really matters? Like in the scheme of the body of Christ? I mean, I, mean, I understand there are, there are eschatologists eschatological, important, there are issues, forget it, like what's the point? (laughs) I get it, there are important issues, I understand, but but is it really that important to to make feuds over it, right? The point is that that he will destroy you, Now, now it's not you will be condemned to hell, it's not like if, if you do this, if you steal from God's church or you do this to God's church, he's going to condemn you to hell. That's not, that's not what it's saying. Destroyed, you will be diminished. Your walk will suffer, right? Your walk will suffer. And, and you can see that in your own life with your own sin. Your walk suffers when you're in sin. Your life is diminished. God is saying you will get destroyed. God will protect his bride, right? Ananias and Sapphira, right? They stole from God's church and what did he do? He killed them, right? He killed them. They got, they got killed. Now, now there, there's another 
debate on were they still saved? I would say, like, why not? Like, it was a sin. God was protecting his church in a very important time in Acts, right? And he said, your lives aren't worth this. So go away. I'll see you in heaven. But this is more important right now, right? So that's the point. God will destroy you to, to protect his bride, to protect the big picture, right? He will, he is just crazy for his bride. Christ is crazy for his bride, right? You can make fun of me. You can, you can punch, you could come, if you stood up right now and punched me in the face, I would try my best to just like laugh, right? I would try my best to just like not do anything. But if like, if someone stood up and went over there and, and touched Molly, my wife, I would freak out. I would freak out. I would, I would take my mic off and I would freak out. If I called you from jail and I was like, dude, I'm in jail right now, like, um, before I said anything else, just know I was simply defending my bride, right? Just know that. I, I would not go to jail for anything else except preaching the gospel, right? Those are the only two things I would go to jail for, preaching the gospel and defending my wife. And that's what God is saying. That's what God's saying. He's saying, you cannot mess with my bride. You can't do it. You can hurt me. You can crucify me, but my bride will not be messed with. You see, God's spirit dwells here. It, he dwells here. He is holy, right? We are, we are dwelling, we're making up this temple and it is the holy of holies. The holy of holies, just think about that. The holiest place. God is saying, I'll dwell here. I find it, I find it adequate to dwell here, is what God's saying. It reminds me of, of Moses, right? Speaking, speaking to God through the burning bush and, 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 and what, what does God say? God says, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground, right? You're standing on holy ground. The, the, the ground that you stand now upon is holy. Now, now have, did you ever think about why he said that, right? Why did God tell him to take off his shoes, right? It, it wasn't clean, right? It was ground. It was ground. It, was, it, was, it wasn't like a white carpet, it, it was dirt. Why did he say that? Obviously, the implication that you don't want to drag your dirt in, right? You don't want to, you, you want to take off your shoes in respect and reverence to God. But I, I honestly think that, that more importantly, God is saying, Moses, relax, right? Take your shoes off. When do we take our shoes off? We get home from work. We take off these ridiculous boots that are like tied 15 times and we sit down on our couch, Right? And, and we are relaxed. And I think that that's what God is saying, right? God is saying, this is the holy of holies. Take your shoes off, okay? You don't have to be so defensive of your theological issues. Relax. We walk around like the church, like we have like our, our eye on everyone else, like we're trying to watch out for someone to like stab us. Like God is saying, relax. This isn't a place for you to just be paranoid. Take your shoes off, Okay? It's not only to keep it clean, it's to just calm down. Because Moses was freaking out, right? He's like, I can't do this. God's like, God's like relax. You're here, and if you're in ministry, you're like, I can't do this. God's like, take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. These guys, they're like, dude, I'm relaxed. Both of you guys have your shoes off. God's this is holy ground. You don't need to wear shoes. So that idea is so important. The church isn't a place for, for division, right? For, for, for people freaking out about keeping their own theological views and their own opinions sacred, okay? 
Verse 18 says, let no one deceive himself. I love this, I love this. Sorry, Emily. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. We take ourselves so seriously. We take our knowledge so seriously that we really hinder our own walk, right? It's paralyzing. When you think that you're so awesome, you are paralyzed in learning, right? right? The, whole, the whole church thing is starting to look like a huge like, the, theology competition. It's crazy. We think we're so smart, right? To, to, to the point where we can't learn from other really smart people. There are so many really smart people that don't have the same theological view on a certain point than you, but you're so blinded by it, you can't listen to them. You're like, you're just thinking about it. You're like, oh, I know, I know predestination. I know he takes predestination. I can't think about it. I can't think about it. And you're like freaking out about it. And this person is like smart as heck. This person is way smarter than you. And just because you don't think that, just because you can't agree on this certain little spot, you can't gain anything. And it's paralyzing. It's paralyzing. That's how you weed out heresy, right? You you cross-reference people. But if you're just like, this is my one pastor and I will only listen to this one person because they're the only person that really has it down. It's like, are you serious? How do you know that you're not in a cult? How do you know? Because this person, you're, the, you're only listening to this one person, right? And it's like, just, just get over it. Get over it, okay? God says, become a moron. Become a moron. You aren't that smart. Like a child, as Jesus would say. Become like a child, and it's only those people who will continue to grow. It's only those people who, who are like, I'm dumb, that are going to keep growing. Right? If you're like, I'm, I'm, starting to get this whole, I'm starting to get this whole Christian thing. Like, I'm, I get it. And God's like, you're yeah, right. Like, you don't even, you, <laughs> just the fact that you're saying that proves that you don't get it. Just the fact that you're saying that proves that you need to become like a child. Become like a moron. I know, it's like, I don't want to. But you have to if you want to learn. You have to. It's only those people who are going to grow. I, I don't know if, I, I guess I will. So, <laughs> raise, your hand if you know, raise your hand if you know who Mark Driscoll is. Raise your hand if you know who John MacArthur is. Okay? So, whoa, sorry. There, there, there's this, there, um, okay. So John MacArthur puts on this conference, right? It's called Strange Fire. It, it's kind of weird. It, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but it doesn't make sense to me, but that's not the point. So Mark Driscoll shows up at, at this strange fire conference. Now, Mark Driscoll is like just a shotgun preacher. He like wants you to think he is crazy, literally. Like he, he, he's insane. And, and John MacArthur is just really like proper, kind of old, just like this really like late, like I'm not going to even come close to offending anyone, right? That's John MacArthur. And Mark Driscoll like, likes to stir it up a little bit, so he goes and he sets up his booth there. He disagrees with John MacArthur on some things, so Mark Driscoll sets up his, his booth and starts handing out books. And something happens. That's not important. What's important is that they, they posted a picture on Facebook, uh, not on Facebook, on Instagram, probably on Facebook also, and also on Twitter, and also on a lot of things. And, and, and everyone's commenting, this is what gets me, okay? I don't care what they're doing. What gets me are the people who are following them, right? So they're like, oh, like, forget, like, expletive you, John MacArthur. I can't believe you're doing this, and you're stupid. And people are like, 
Mark Driscoll, you, you're ridiculous. You're, like, you're crazy. And it's just like a big theology, like, oh, like, we hate each other. And God's like, I dwell here. Like, uh, this is my holy of holies. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Okay? People are just bashing each other, bashing John MacArthur, bashing Mark Driscoll. At the expense of what? At the price of what? Okay? You are defiling the temple, the holy of holies, the temple of God. Okay, don't miss out on growing as a Christian. Don't miss out on it. Verses 21 through 22 say, Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. All are yours. What does that mean? It's all yours, right? We, we, we start to, we start to uh, be a sectarian, and when we go over here in the corner of the room, and we worship this pastor, we worship this preacher, we worship this worship leader, and God's saying, why are you limiting yourself? Why are you limiting yourself to one person that you've listened to? Why are you limiting yourself to one worship leader? Why are you limiting yourself? He's saying everything, it's all yours. We are Christians, we get to benefit from each other. As iron sharpens iron, right? We get to benefit. We get these benefits. We get to take advantage of each other's gifts. God has given us these gifts so that we can edify each other, right? Deuteronomy 20, 19 through 20 says, when you're like, Deuteronomy, like where the heck did that come from? <laughs> when you besiege a city for a long time, while making war against it to take it, you shall not destroy its trees by wielding an axe against them. If you can eat of them, do not cut them down to use in the siege. For the tree of the field is man's food. Only the trees which you know are not trees for food you may destroy and cut down to build siege works against the city that makes war with you until it's subdued. Okay? Go back. Do not cut them down to use in the siege, for the tree of the field is man's food. Just because you don't like the taste of the fruit, just because you don't like the seed that was planted, doesn't mean that it's not holy, okay? Doesn't mean that it's not good. I mean, we're freaking out. We're not to chop down trees that are bearing any fruit. If there's any fruit that is good, okay? We're like, we, we just start in the heat of the battle. We like come into church with like our axes. We're like, we're like our samurai swords and we're like ready to go. And we're like, we're like Calvinism, Calvinism. <laughs> Boom! And we're like, no, none of that in here. This is Calvary Chapel. We will stand. We're like, we're like freaking out. You're like, what church are you from? <laughs> are you serious? You're from that church? And it's like, and they're like, yeah, is that wrong? Yeah, but you guys, you guys worship for like five minutes. It's like weird. Like you guys, like you guys, like have opera singers. It's so weird. And we start chop. We just start chopping down trees. We're like. Oh, Arminianist, boom! We just start wrecking people's lives because our opinions are more important than the gospel. And that's what it comes down to. You think that your opinion is more important than the gospel. You see, Driscoll reaches out to people who, who smoke cigarettes and, and they like to enjoy the occasional beer and, and they have tattoos and they like to listen to really loud music and, and they like a pastor that says crap and things like that. And, and, and they're into that and people are saved every single week. He has a mega church. John MacArthur, right? You watch their, their worship service online and there's this guy literally singing like, uh, like opera, like opera and, and it's like, People are saved there. Like John MacArthur reaches those kind of people. 
right? <laughs> Whether it's Paul or Apollos or, or Cephas or, or whoever the heck it is, right? That's fruit. Stop freaking out about it. It's all yours. All of the fruit is yours to eat. If you don't like the way it tastes, just kind of leave it there for someone else. Don't wreck someone else's day because you don't like what that fruit tastes like, right? It's really, really, really important. It's all ours to benefit from. It's all in the body of Christ. Don't chop down trees that are bearing any fruit at all, okay? Now, don't be fooled though. Don't be fooled. Only the trees which you know are not trees for food, you may destroy and cut down. Trees which you know are not trees for food, right? So there comes a time where you're like, that tree is dead. That is a dead tree, and I need to get rid of it. And that does happen. But it says, when you know. So you don't start freaking out and just assume things, okay? You must know that this is a tree that does not bear fruit. Watch out for, for the wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Watch out for those people. They're going to come in, and they're going to start ta- talking about this kind of theology doctrine thing. And you're going to be like, oh, that's kind of a negotiable, kind of a non-negotiable, but like, it's okay. And then like another person comes up to you and you're like, did you hear what this guy's saying? It's really cool. And they're like, mm, it's not that cool. And then like a couple other people are like, talking about it and you're like, all right, all right. Like that's, that's bad. Like that's not good. That doesn't, that doesn't line up with this awesome thing that I have. It doesn't, it's nowhere in there. And you have to actually chop, physically remove, well, physically, I mean, if it comes down to it, I hope not, but you have to remove, <laughs> you have to chop down trees sometimes. Sometimes you have to do that. Now, now, there is a very, very, very important part of this whole thing. Because it all sounds awesome, right? It all sounds like, okay, cool, like I get it. Like, we all get to benefit from this Christian life, right? This is a life that is like fruitful. It's fruitful and it's a blessing and, and we get, we're blessed by it and we get to partake of all of this fruit and we're blessed. We're so blessed. The last verse in this section is the most important of all. And, I, and I'm gonna actually invite the worship team up, which happens to be me too, but I'm already up here. So... I'm going to invite you guys up, and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to read this verse, and then I'm going to talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to worship God. Verse 23 says, all of this, so all of this stuff before, verse 23, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. You see, there's one prerequisite to the, to the benefits of the Christian life. There's one thing that you need. There's one thing you need before you can start diving in, before you can start benefiting, before you can start getting fruit off the trees, before you even know what the heck's going on. That's Jesus. You need that. That is the most important part. And I think Paul puts that at the end on purpose because he's like, all of this is awesome. And guess what? You're Christ, right? And Christ is God's. Christ is God's. This is, this is, the, the, the part of the, of the sermon where I tell you that, that Jesus is the, the only thing that makes all of this happen. Jesus is what this whole thing revolves around, right? You are Christ. That's the one prerequisite to this. Um, Non-Christians, you don't have the luxury to just sit back and relax. You can't take off your shoes, right? There are landmines 
all around the place, and, and you will get destroyed. You don't have the luxury to, to, to benefit from, from fellow believers. You don't get that, right? Where you dwell is not holy. Where you dwell is not holy. And, and Christ is saying, I want you. I want you to be able to benefit. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be a tree bearing fruit. I want you to be a, a tree that nourishes from fruit falling from other trees around you. I, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. But it falls on you, right? It falls on you. And, and, and really, at the end of the day, God is saying, do you trust me? Like, do you, do you believe that, that this life is better than the one that you have? Do you believe that, that if you are in Christ that you are a new creation? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? And, and so, so right now, I, I want to give anyone that is interested in this, I don't even know if like there's any non-believers in here, but if there is, like, I want to give you the opportunity right now. God says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my father. It's an amazing thing. An amazing thing, right? God wants you to be blessed. So the light's dim, and everyone just bow your heads. And, and if, if that's you, if, if you're the one who's like, this is it. Like, like, this is an amazing life to live. I want to be here. I, I want to be able to benefit from this. I want you to just, just simply just raise your hand, look at me, and I'll smile at you, and it'll be awesome. And, and, and you will be blessed. Praise God, he is amazing. God wants you to be blessed. And he is so stoked at everyone who is already. He is so happy for that. And amen, okay? God is good. And, and, I, and I'm gonna pray, and, 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 and if, 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 you, if you are like, I have been struggling with this for so long. I've been a Christian that is just like, man, I really like my opinions. If you're that person and you're like, I need to talk to someone about this. We have a prayer team in the back. There are going to be people back there that want to pray with you. You need to pray with these people, right? We need to grow as a body. We need to be stacked on top of each other. We need to be building on each other. We need to be we need to be filing the sharp edges down through prayer and through the word, okay? So, so Father, I, I just lift up this time. I just ask that you would inspire us all to, to seek out counsel, to seek out prayer, to, to humble ourselves and, and to say, I don't care if this guy's 40 years younger than me. I don't care if this person's 60 years older than me. I need this person. We are here together. We're in this together. God, so we just pray that you would, just your spirit would fall upon us all right now. That we would just worship you and we would continue to worship you. We thank you for this awesome night. We thank you for blessing us for this whole day of just amazing you. You're good and we love you and we praise you and we thank you for saving us, God. You're awesome. Help us put aside all of our superficial issues, God. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.